this is your warning that if you don't want to just hear straight facts for the next hour to stop listening to this episode of Miss Congeniality, my name is Eli. I'm so excited that you're here. And I just wrote this episode. And while I was writing it, I was like, oh my God, I was having breakthroughs. I was between writing the episode and having voice memo conversations with anybody who would listen to me about the breakthroughs. And I was just so excited to record. So we're obviously going to be talking about friends today and friendship. And I've done a friendship episode before, but I'm always like, I feel like every six months, I think that's the thing about podcasting. People are like, what if I eventually run out of topics? And I'm like, I don't know about you guys, but the way my brain works every six months, I have a completely different POV about a situation. Like I have a completely different viewpoint or point of view on whatever it is we're discussing. So if it's like friendship, like I'm constantly journaling about these things, writing about them, thinking about them over and over and over again to the point where I'll get, I'll, I'll look back on what I said before about it. And I'll be like, well, while I still maintain that those things are true, I've had so many other realizations and breakthroughs and I'm excited to talk about friendship today and some different nuances. But if you want like the bare bones friendship episode, I would recommend scrolling down and listening to my first episode about friendship because I think it it does t take you on a bit of a more surface level journey. And today I think I'm going to be getting a little bit deeper in, but I'm always down to get deep if you guys are. But before we do that, let's give some updates because why not? It's 2024 and I'm feeling, I'm feeling absolutely fucking fantastic in 2024 to be honest and I don't want to jinx anything but I love speaking things out loud and like do you guys not just feel beautiful stunning gorgeous thriving brilliant open-minded open-hearted like I feel so good and I think part of it was like I had this realization probably like right at the beginning of the year honestly like January 1st January 2nd I was involved in some situations and I was thinking about things and like, I'm not going to get into it because it involves other people. It's like personal stuff. Everything's fine. But like, I was just going through something with someone and I just had this realization where I was like, I, I don't have time for negativity. Like I really don't. And I think I spent a lot of 2023 convincing myself like, Hey, you're a good person. Hey, you're doing a good job. Hey, like your friends don't hate you. Hey, like you're not evil. Like, Hey, like the internet trolls are not right about you. Like all of those things. Like I feel like I was really struggling with like a bit of self doubt. And this year I'm like, wait, girl, you are a good person. Like I now know that I am a good person and I do put other people before me and I am selfless and I am motivated and I am creative. And it's like, I'm trying so hard to be positive. Like that's something I completely neglected to like give myself the grace to celebrate last year. Like I am working so hard on being consistently positive, bringing good vibes, feeling all the feels. And if anyone's going to match that with just like intense negativity or just judgment, anger, jealousy, resentment, like don't do that near me because I don't have the fucking time and space for it in my life. I really don't. And so that was sort of the realization that I came to in the beginning of the year, aka three days ago, where I was just like, no, I'm done. I'm actually over it. And I'm not even kidding you guys. I think I look better because of it. Like I genuinely think visually when I was like, I'm literally ditching the negativity, like leaving it the fuck behind, like goodbye. I had a full fucking 180, like a literal, my internal mood has become a makeover on the outside. Like I just look happier, brighter, 
And I honestly feel that way. I'm so fucking over the negativity. Like, do not come at me with the negative vibes. I don't want to hear it. I don't care. I'm not interested. And that's just how I feel. There's a lot coming up for me in January. My boyfriend and I are moving tomorrow. I explained to you guys the whole shebang about why we're moving. But obviously, it's just getting increasingly more and more stressful as the time ticks on and the hours tick by. I'm just like, okay, like we're doing this. And then last night we were like, I wonder if our apartment, like our new apartment, since it's in our same building is like vacant, like let's go check. So we went downstairs and we went to check and we opened the door and it was open. So we went inside and then we got like halfway through the apartment when we realized there were people like painting, like repainting one of the bedrooms and we were like, fuck. So we left but it's cute. It's a good layout. Like I, I like the beat. I like the beat. It's like an opposite layout to our current apartment in terms of like where things are placed, but I don't mind that. And I'm getting like sad because I actually love our current apartment and looking around, I'm like, damn, but I'm also just like, okay, breathe. It's going to be fine. You're okay. Like life is good. We are chilling. Vibes are high. So I'm just trying to get through tomorrow and then things will be on the other side. I'm not doing much this weekend. I'm going to celebrate my dad's birthday, try to see some of my friends. We have some plans for my dad. So I'm going to get all of that squared away. And then I'm really just trying to prepare for my book tour. And if you guys have not heard about my book tour, like I could go on and on and on, but it's a live show. It's 90 minutes long. There's guests at every single show. So far, I've announced that in Philadelphia, which is opening night, I'll be joined by Bran Flakes and Carly Weinstein. And then in Boston, I will be joined by Marley Diaz and... You guys might know her as GBT Girl Boss Town. I know her as Robin Del Monte. In DC, I'll be joined with Hallie and Jazz and also my best friend Veronica. In Atlanta, I have a trio of female guests, which is so exciting. Melissa, Tovar, Hope Levine, and Nicole Lamb. I'm so excited for all three of those guests. That's going to be amazing. In Nashville, we have Sidoni Francis and a very special guest in where else okay I'm almost getting through it all okay Nashville Chicago Chicago I'm very excited for Nina Haynes and my friend Malvika Bot. both of them are TikTok Instagram girlies if you're not familiar with them 100% go follow because they're two of my favorites so truly starstruck to have both of them up there with me and in St. Louis we have Sierra Kirkpatrick and Veronica Rasucci again She's my groupie and she's coming with me to all the cities, which is so fun. The whole theme and premise of my book tour is things I didn't know I needed in order to celebrate my book. So we'll be talking a little bit about the book, but honestly, not really. What it's mostly going to be is a celebration of all of us and a celebration of things you didn't know you needed, whether that's laughter, a lesson, some kind of a big takeaway, advice, and we're going to do it all and it's going to be incredible. So I'm very excited about the book tour. If you haven't gotten your tickets, please get your tickets. If you're interested in Boston, it is sold out and Chicago is about to sell out. Um, There's only like less than 10 tickets left. It might be sold out by now. Actually, let me check. Okay, Chicago is sold out, but everywhere else still has tickets. So come play with me, please. It's going to be so much fun. I'm so looking forward to it and it's just going to be fabulous. Okay, what have I been reading? What have I been watching? The world wants to know. Um, the world is just me. I've been reading The Idiot and I'm I'm liking it. Here's the thing. I 
was reading The Idiot at some point in the past, which I know because a lot of it is annotated in the beginning. I'm like 170 or so pages into it. And I think the problem is it's like a book about nothing, which you guys know I love. Like I love prose and the prose is really good. And I am like there with the character, but like it's really about nothing so far. Like nothing has happened to her. Like no spoilers, nothing has happened to her. It's about a girl who's in college and like basically that's it so far. And a lot of the stuff that she's studying, like the girl, like the main character, she's a lot smarter than I am. And so like I'm a little bit struggling to keep up with her, but I think I'm learning something. And it's like the kind of thing where like I keep thinking I don't like it, but I definitely do like it. So I'm just going to keep reading it. I've been reading it like in the sauna at the gym because I do sauna after my workouts or I've been just like before bed or whenever I have a down moment. And at this point, I'm enjoying it. And I say that with with confidence. I'm enjoying it. In terms of watching, I'm going to watch Saltburn. I just I haven't gotten around to it yet. I feel like it's kind of a heavy lift. And so I'm not like so excited to watch it. I I've kind of been in a TV rut lately. Like I, I started the morning show, but it's kind of boring. And I don't really know what else there is to watch. Like I, I literally am running out of things like Sex in the City, I guess. Glee. Like, I'm back on that shit. I'm back on my old vibes of just rewatching and rewatching and rewatching. I feel like the world hasn't been the same since, like, we had Euphoria, Sex Lives of College Girls, like, all of that going on at once. And it was such an elite time to be a TV consumer. And now we've gotten to this place where it's like, what really is there? I don't know. I am going to watch Saltburn, though. I do know it's a movie. Don't come for me. I'm going to watch the film um maybe tonight like maybe that's something that we'll do tonight I don't know we need to like finish packing our apartment like I'm sitting on the couch recording this looking around thinking about everything I need to do and I'm like oh I don't want to do any of it and I still haven't showered after the gym and that's just where I'm at but you know what I feel like we might get some good tv and movies in 2024 because bitch this is the year that Gypsy Rose Blanchard is being horny online like this is the year of Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey sharing a midnight kiss and allegedly he mouths I love you Jury's out on that. Did I did I try to read his lips? Yes. Do I think he said I love you? Of course. Of course they love each other. Come on. Obviously. I feel like she's the type of girl and she has a cancer moon, which is like how I know this. And I love God. I fucking love Taylor Swift's like um, astrological chart. It's just it's so me like not to be like that, but it's like all Sag and cancer. It's just me. Anyway, love that. She has a moon in cancer. I know she said, I love you pretty fast. I know she felt it on their first date. Like, I know that's who she is. And so, of course, he's saying I love you. And of course, that's the best thing I've ever seen. Like, does it make my heart melt? Do I feel a little weak in the knees? Of course I do. I have a parasocial relationship to their relationship. Ow. I just punched my wall. See, that's how crazy I'm getting. I'm literally punching walls out here because Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey are in love. And I think we might get a marriage in 2024 from them. I do think that. I do believe it. I am on that side of history like I believe that they're gonna get married and not in like a weird like Dumois thinks that Taylor Swift got married before kind of way in like a genuine genuine way like I I believe I believe they're gonna get married okay so I just had um a 30 minute break from recording because a friend of mine who's also a content creator is going through her first like people on the internet don't like me and oh it just frustrates me so much. I think this is going to now be my touch grass of the week before the episode starts because I just voice memoed back and forth with them. 
for quite a long time. But I was just talking about like how I've been there and like how hard it is and just like, I don't know, like I guess the thing that that I really struggle with is like this person is involved in like a very, very minor controversy that you guys probably don't even know about. It's like very niche, like just getting hate online for something really stupid. It's like not even worth discussing at all. It's like literally ridiculous, but it's making them question themselves. Like they're literally voice memoing me crying and feeling awful and unmotivated and sad and just so badly about themselves because other people like are taking to the internet to make themselves feel better by making other people feel badly and it just causes me to wonder like anybody who's ever left a shitty comment or been mean online or stitched a video or been an asshole are you proud of yourself because like my friend is is voice memoing me crying they're crying they can't stop crying They can't get anything done. Like, how would you feel if you went to work and you walked in and everybody was just being mean to you for no reason when you're nothing but friendly and kind and giving? What? Like, how would that make you feel? It would make you feel like shit. It would make you feel like shit. You too wouldn't be able to stop crying. And you too would be like the people that I work with are evil. My coworkers are evil. And so if you've ever left a comment like that or made somebody else feel that way, I think you're fucking evil and you don't care about mental health. You don't give a fuck about other people and you're disgusting. And that's not even how I feel when this happens to um, myself. This is how I feel when this happens to people I care about. Literally go fuck yourself. Like actually, if you've ever left a shitty comment, if you hide behind an anonymous profile, if you are on Reddit, go fuck yourself. Like you're disgusting. And I genuinely from the bottom of my heart, believe it. Like I do. I, I, I really think you need help because the fact of the matter is like, I just had a friend on the phone with me crying because they're getting hate on stupid fucking TikTok because people like you claim to give a fuck about mental health and you claim to be, oh, I'm such a good person. I'm holding people accountable by doing this. And you make other people feel like shit about themselves. And I really, really hope that you're not proud of that because it's horrifying, especially in a world as sad and depressing and heavy as the one that we live in. The fact that that's how you spend your time is so telling. I literally wish you the worst. I like actually absolutely wish you the worst in life. I am enraged at you and I think you're a fucking freak. Sorry. That's just like how I feel after having the conversation I just had to have in order to help somebody who's going through something that I've unfortunately been through and every single person who's online has been through and it's just so nutty to me and I'm not saying that some people don't have valid criticisms of other people who are posting online I'm saying that it's really really crazy like what it does to people's mental health and how little the people doing it seem to give a fuck and they'll always be like well maybe you shouldn't be online then if you can't handle it and it's like bitch you can't even handle putting your name and face to your motherfucking comments. How the fuck do you think you would handle this? Like, I would love to see you try. I would literally love to see you try. Wait, you won't. Because number one, you're a freak. Number two, I have no idea what you're doing with your life, but it's probably nothing that interesting. And number three, you're not even brave enough to stand behind your words on the internet. So what makes me, what makes you think that you could do a better job at handling this? goodbye. Okay. That's how I feel. And if you come from my friends and this is an episode about friendship, rest assured, I will fuck you up. Put down a tarp because I'm ready to fight WWE shit. I can't even lift a five pound weight, but I will fuck, fuck you up. And it's going to get ugly. 
if you hurt my friends. Okay. Okay. That's a threat. <laughs> that was so crazy. I just reflected on that and I was like, wow, clearly she was feeling some things. Okay. Nobody really teaches us about friendship. You know, we get the lessons from like Girl Scouts and the early days and we get the lessons from our parents in like children's books and like be nice to your friend. That's your friend. Like we hear about friends and like best friend for life, best friend forever, besties, like all of these buzzwords, but we're never really taught about how to be a friend other than like the minor lessons you learn as a child in like early education in terms of like literally elementary school. And there's never another lesson about friendship again. Pretty much after the elementary school lesson, it becomes, okay, now we're in middle school and everybody fucking hates each other and girls are mean, which we're going to get into because that's a whole nother thing. Girls are mean and boys bully you if they like you and all of this fucking bullshit and then in high school, people are clicky. And then in college, you mature and you make new friends. And it's like, but nobody ever teaches us about friendship. Nobody ever just like talks about it. And that's what I want to do constantly on this podcast. I want to be opening the door to conversations that make us feel less alone. This is not me teaching you a lesson because what the fuck do I know? I'm just kind of brave enough to sit here and say, hey, guys, I've been thinking about all of this. And then I went on Instagram and thousands and thousands of you were thinking about all of this. And I think we're all scared to talk about it. So I'm going to talk about it. And I hope that inspires you guys to have some conversations with friends in your life or people in your life or just with yourself and, and figure some of this stuff out. And we're going to do it today. And I have no real order in which I want to discuss these topics. We're just going to go for it. I saw this TikTok um, that was saying that men don't really have deep friendships and they don't really have like friendship breakups and women do have deep friendships and sometimes they, they become like friendship breakups and sometimes there's drama and men sort of have the same friends their entire life. And I, and I started to think about how like my boyfriend and my brother really have had the same friend throughout their entire life and they, and they haven't, you know, and they haven't like gone through a lot of like friendship breakups, so to speak, and like friendship drama. And even like as I've gotten involved in friendship drama and friendship breakup, the advice my boyfriend has given has really not applied. And it's made me realize that the nature of his friendships and my brother's friendships are much different than the nature of my own. I have had friendship breakups. I have grown apart from friends, which has been due to a variety of things. And I see that with straight men, this really isn't the case. And so I started to think about why, why, why. I was like literally hunting throughout my brain. And I realized I had this like smashing realization that for women, having friends that are also women, female friends, non-men, is a necessity for survival in, in the patriarchy, in this society. And I don't want to use buzzwords, but I'm just being honest. In this patriarchal society, women require having friends for survival. So naturally, we're going to go deeper. I will say it again. Women require having friends who are non-men and other women as a necessity for survival within patriarchy. 
Like that is how we survive. That is how we connect to each other. We share information back and forth, recommendations, advice. We are there for one another. We hold each other up when we need things. It's really low, like the passing of information. It is a necessity. So we inherently go deeper with our friends and with our friendships than men do. I would say that most men don't need friends the way that women require friendship in other women for survival and just existing in this society. So men are able to have friends that just have shared interests. They like the same hobbies or activities. And that is why they are able to maintain friends with the same people for like their entire lives. Because even as they grow and change, they never needed each other at a base level for survival. So they were never getting that deep. And they could just bond over their shared interests and hobbies and just continue. I don't think also, I think another problem is men are not as encouraged to like grow and change and evolve as women are. And because they're not really getting deep, they more so just bond over stuff and not so much like existence on a human level. And so I, I just started to think about that as a starting point. I think the problem is though, patriarchal society does not want women passing messages between each other. They do not want the share share information between women. They don't want women to rise up and and you know combat patriarchy because there's strength in numbers. And so in order to combat that, like the 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 idea of women getting really deep with one another and sharing information between one another, society built systems around us so that we're constantly in competition with other women. We're constantly at odds with other women. We're constantly you know, compared to other women. And we're constantly in this sort of like competitive vibe with other women and we can't just have harmony. And then that causes women to get into fights, arguments that pulls us apart from one another. And then the narrative becomes women are emotional. Women are so bitchy. Female friendship sucks. It's so petty. Women are the worst. Girls are so mean. And it becomes all of that. And it's not our own fault. We are pawns in a much larger patriarchal system and we are, we are actively participating in it, but we also don't have a choice. And I just think it's, it's really, really interesting. And to take it a step further, I feel like this is the smartest I've ever felt, like really, to take it a step further, men will then use women as pawns in their own friendships because men are only really going through friendship breakups or growing apart from friends when they either get a girlfriend or a significant other who says, hey, that friend makes me uncomfortable. I don't like that guy. That guy's not nice to you. That guy's a shitty person. He has questionable ethics or morals. Or a, a woman comes between two male friends because they both like, like the same girl or whatever. So then men are blaming women for the reason that their friendships aren't working out. And again, it's like we have the short end of the stick. And then again, women are to blame. And it's just so exhausting and not to be Barbie movie right now, but to be blamed for everything when we are at our base level just trying to survive in patriarchy. And the reason that female friendship is so important to women is because it is a necessity for our own survival in this society. And it's just really frustrating that we're expected to teach men how to be good friends and we're supposed to 
teach men who isn't treating them right and like how to get in touch with their emotions. But then we're literally like the professors of doing that. And then we're literally blamed for everything at the same time. It is so frustrating. And I think that I started to think to myself, like, what is my takeaway from that? Then like, what can we do? What is the lesson? And I think we really have to try to rise above the structures that are trying to pull us apart, specifically when it comes to female, female friendships. And, and what I mean by that is like, we need to be really gentle with each other. We have to be understanding. And I'm not saying let your friends walk all over you, but I'm saying, you know, sometimes when you get into a tiff with one of your friends or something happens, our guttural reaction and instinct, especially in this day and age is like, protect your peace, boundaries, cut them off, fuck them. And I'm all for that energy when it's deserved. But I do think that there is also a necessity of being gentle, understanding what did I do wrong in this situation, trying to look at it from every single side and just as much as you can, not letting those structures pull us apart when they want to and rising above the noise and the structures. And we sometimes have to take a deep breath when we feel ourselves acting in a way that doesn't feel good for us. When we feel ourselves getting jealous, you have to interrupt your own behavior. A couple of times, like recently, I've had to interrupt my own behavior. And I really think that this comes with self-awareness, but I've had to like, I've seen myself behave in a certain way that I didn't like, that I wouldn't like if somebody behaved that way to me. And then I've been like, okay, I really don't like feeling this way or acting this way. Why am I feeling this way or acting this way? Let me journal a little bit about feeling this way and acting this way. Let me try to get to the bottom of what caused me to feel that way or act that way. Sometimes, I, I think sometimes the person in your life who is hurting you might not be the only villain or the full villain. Sometimes they are. But all I'm trying to say is in order to rise above we sometimes have to be gentle and nuanced in our relationships to other women. And again, I am not saying that you should let people walk all over you or treat you like ass time and time again. I'm just saying that that we really have to focus on these relationships to sort of rise above this noise. The other thing that we have to do is we cannot discard our female friends in the favor of male love and validation and relationship. And I got a lot of hate on TikTok for saying I will never love a man as much as I love my best friend who's a woman. People were like, I would divorce you. I would never date you. Good, don't. Good, don't. I don't want you to. I will never love a man as much as I love my female friends. It is a different kind of love. It is an important kind of love. There is no love like the love of a female friend. A man could never love me in that way. It is insane to me that men have friends that are only men for their whole lives and then they're expected to understand, empathize with, and treat women well. How the fuck are they going to treat a woman well if they don't even know women? They haven't even met women. And then we're, we're tasked with teaching them how to behave. It's, it's frustrating and exhausting. And I require female friendship because of that. And that is a structure that exists in life with all men. Like that's just how it is. And I got so much hate for saying that I would never love a man as much as I love my female friends, but the love is different. Romantically, I'll, I'll love the man more, but it's just a different kind of love. And we have to be really intentional about not discarding our female friends for men. And again, I'm not saying put up with shitty friends, but I've also seen a ton of TikToks of girls being like, yeah, I don't have a lot of friends. Like I just need my boyfriend. Like everyone else treats me like shit. He's nice to me. And it's like, no, no, I'm sorry. I'm against it. 
And if you don't have any friends, I'm not saying that you like you're shitty or like I'm against you. Like we're going to find you friends. We're going to get to that part of the episode where we figure out how to make new friends. Like sometimes we don't have friends. I've been there. But I'm just saying intentionally discarding all of your friends in favor of a man is a no. And if you do clean house because your friends are shit, you've got to find some new female friends. That is the antidote to this. And being strong in the face of our own oppression as women is the antidote to this. And in terms of like when you get into little arguments or tips with friends, and we'll get more into that, but I just wrote this down here because I really wanted to talk about it. I'm reading a book right now and and they discussed this very briefly, but I started to think about it like in a very macro way. And this is the thing. Nobody watches the movie Cinderella and sees themselves as the evil stepmom. Not even the worst bitch you know. Not even the worst motherfucker you know watches Cinderella and sees themselves as the evil stepmom. They all see themselves as Cinderella. People do not see themselves as inherently villainous. And a lot of people are villainous and shitty and sucky and deserve literally nothing. So many people are, but they do not see themselves like that. And I think that that put a lot of like conversations I've had in my life into perspective when people can't understand what they did wrong. It's like everybody sees themselves as Cinderella. And also if everybody sees themselves as Cinderella, everybody is the main character to themselves. And this is a whole different podcast episode, but like with main character syndrome and everything else, but like you see yourself as the main character. So does everyone, everyone in their own mind is the main character. And that can cause a lot of tension And I think that these are just good things to remember when we're talking about conflict mitigation skills and, you know, making sure our female friendships are secure in order for us to be able to survive uh, successfully. I just wanted to start there because (laughs) I saw it on TikTok and it just spurred like that massive, massive thought stream that I thought might be helpful to people. Um, But we're going to talk about the good, the bad and the ugly today and friendship in between all of that. You know, I think when you get to post-grad, and I talk a lot about this in my first friendship episode, but so we're only going to talk about it briefly today, but for the first time in your life, structures that upheld friendship fade away. So when you are in elementary school, middle school, high school, and college, there are structures there. There is invisible hands holding you to have friends. Even if you feel like you have no friends, you do an ample amount of socializing, whether it's at soccer practice, in the newspaper, if you work there, if you have a job, in class, in postgrad, all of those structures fade away and it is up to just you to maintain your friendships. That is like if you had an open note test for every single test you ever took and then all of a sudden one day I said, "Mm, sorry, closed book exam. You'd be like, well, I'm going to fail the exam. I'm going to fail the exam because it's been open note my whole life. And now you're closing the book. That's not fair. And that is literally how society views friendship. Like we all just view friends like, oh, they'll be our best friend forever and it's fine. And it's always going to be this way. And this is how it's always going to feel. Like we genuinely think that we genuinely act that way. And then something happens like graduating college or if you don't go to college, graduating high school. And all of a sudden, the test that has been open note your entire life is no longer open note. And what the fuck are you supposed to do with that? That's not fair. We don't prepare people for this. 
We don't give anybody a guidebook for how to deal with this. All of a sudden it's sink or swim and the loneliness that you feel in postgrad is so exacerbated by that. And here's the cold hard truth. Friendship takes a lot more work in postgrad. Naturally and inherently, the people you're closest to are going to be your roommates. I wrote about this in my book, but if you're not sleeping with somebody or living with them, you don't see them. It's literally impossible, especially in a big city. When I lived with my best friend, Rachel, we were the closest we've ever been because we saw each other every single fucking day because we lived under the same roof. You're always going to be closest with the people that you live with. And that becomes a shocking realization because a lot of times in college and even before college, you didn't live with the people who were your closest friends, but they naturally were because you were able to see them in class. You were able to meet up every day. You didn't have that much, you know, responsibility and things to get done. So that was just like a natural thing that you were able to do. Now it's a lot more fucking work. And that's the cold hard truth about it. And we need to accept that. So let's all have a space of acceptance here where we're accepting that friendships take work, that we're going to lose friends in postgrad, that we're going to change and grow, but that the friendships that we work on are going to grow stronger and stronger and stronger and be so much more brilliant and beautiful because of it. I also say this a lot in the first episode, but we really have to start treating our friendships like we do our romantic relationships and vice versa. We look at romantic relationships like something that could end at any moment. We could break up. We could go through a breakup. During that breakup, one person says to the other person, this is no longer working out for me. The other person agrees or doesn't agree. Whatever happens, happens. They stop talking. They are no longer in a committed relationship. When you're in a committed relationship, it is expected that you talk to the person constantly, that you are trustworthy, honest, communicative, supportive, loving, all of those things. In friendship, we're not really teaching those same lessons, but what's the difference other than one of the one of the relationships that's your only one and in the other relationship you're allowed to have as many as you want, and you just don't fuck. So like I don't really know why we treat them so differently. We really need to start treating our friends like we do our romantic partners. We really they deserve our respect, our honesty, our kindness, our trust, our support, our consistent reaching out, just like you re- d- deserve that from your own friends as well. And so it kind of just shocks me that we treat these two types of relationships so differently when realistically there's nothing that dissimilar about them. I think we have to get comfortable with the fact that in postgrad, you're no longer going to know everything about your friends in the way that you used to. In college, you're like enmeshed with your friends. Like you are just in it together. They literally know every fucking detail about everything. Like you're like sharing bathrooms and like you're in the trenches low key. Like you're just getting through it. They know everything. Like you're in postgrad and you don't live together anymore and you're not seeing each other every day anymore. Naturally, if you're not eating dinner with someone every day, they're not going to know everything about you. Naturally, now you're so much busier. You have to deal with things like bills and healthcare and work and whatever family drama. You're getting older. Like Getting older is a fucking nightmare sometimes, and that's obviously true, and you're not going to have as much time to be sharing everything with your friends, and it's it's a difficult pill to swallow, but, and I get, I'll get to this more, but like what's really helped me with that is knowing that the quality time we do spend together, I'll get to know everything I need to know about them and the best things about them and all the great things that are going on or the things they really, truly, deeply need help on, but I'm not necessarily going to know everything about them, and I just think that you know, that's important. It's an important thing to come to terms to because I think sometimes we also get a little bit entitled to information when it's not really our own to have. 
and your friends are going to in postgrad tell you what you need to know and tell you the things they want to tell you and we have to respect that just because you're not that like daily dinner time or like roommate type of support system doesn't mean that you still can't be a best friend the other thing is we have to allow other people to grow we do we do other people are going to change and we have to let them You can fight it all you want, but it's only going to be detriment to your relationships. And I think that the thing about this is that all of these realizations are heavy. They're not easy realizations to have. But when you allow people the space to grow and change, you give them the highest degree of love you could ever give. It's saying, I'm going to stand by you and support you while you go through these changes. And I'm not going to try to get you not to change because I know that that's what you need right now. And your happiness is my happiness. And what more could you possibly ask for someone to give to you? We should always be treating ourselves like we want to be treated, but we should be treating our friends like we hope they would treat us as well. And the really other hard thing, I think, is that sometimes you have to let them go also. If someone tells you they want to walk or they don't want to be your friend anymore, in the same way that if someone tells you they don't have feelings for you, you have to believe them. And that's hurt. that hurts. And I have like, a bigger section of this episode that's about just friendship breakups, but that's tough. That's hard. But I'm very serious when I say that if, if, if someone wants to walk, you have to let them go. And all that I want you to do is work on you so that you are the best friend you could possibly be that you are the, and we're also going to get into it. Like, I feel like all of this is going to make more sense by the end of the episode. We're also going to get into how to be a good friend. But what I want you to be working on is being the best friend you can possibly be and being there for your friends, especially the female ones, um, the non-men. Because if you're doing that, you're doing everything you can do. And then if you're standing by and supporting people while they grow and change, you're doing everything you can do. So if somebody wants to let go, you have to let them. Let them. That's the mantra for 2024. Let them. Because guess what? You're better. You're probably better off. There's a reason for everything. I think the most important thing in postgrad is sort of remembering to prioritize our friends as much as possible. And prioritizing someone doesn't have to look like you see them every week. I think sometimes we get in the weeds with this and we think, oh, I have to see my friends once a week or else we're not friends. That's sometimes just not even possible for people. They just don't have the bandwidth. A lot of times weeknights have looked a lot different since graduating college because you're no longer like you have way more responsibility. You have to get up for work, et cetera, et cetera. I just think that there's this idea that prioritizing someone looks a certain way and it doesn't. Prioritizing someone can be sending them a text, hey, thinking of you. What's better than someone telling you, hey, I'm thinking of you? That's such like a beautiful thing. And I think that just reminding yourself of prioritizing other people and how good it feels to be prioritized is so important. And then just finding the way that you have the bandwidth to prioritize your friends in post-grad life, whatever that means. And if you're prioritizing people in the best way for you and in the best way for them, then everything's going to be okay. And your friendships are only going to strengthen in post-grad. My friendships have only gotten stronger in post-grad, the ones that I've taken with me, because we've grown and changed in tandem with one another, which has been so special. You know, people are going to grow and change and sometimes you grow and change apart and sometimes you grow and change together and it's okay It's okay if you grow and change apart, but it's a really beautiful thing if you can grow and change together. I think we also have this false idea or perception that we can't like piss off our friends or they can't piss us off or we can't get into fights or arguments with them without it being catastrophic. You know, like 
every lesson that we learn about friendship is like, you're always just going to be besties and like, it'll never, you'll never fight. And it's like in relationships, there's like a way to healthy, like have healthy arguments. And like when people who are dating say, oh, we never fight. I'm like, you're lying. You're lying. And if you aren't lying, I don't think that's healthy. Like there are ways to get into healthy spots, healthy arguments with your siblings, your parents, like literally anything. You can get into arguments with your friends. You can piss your friends off. Your friends can piss you off. And I think sometimes we as people need to talk about the other people in our lives as a way to protect everybody involved. So let's just say one of your friends has, does something to annoy you or piss you off, but it's not a big enough thing that you're going to confront them about it, but it's big enough that it bothers you. I'm team. It's okay to talk about that behind that friend's back to get it out of your system so that it doesn't impact your relationship. Sometimes our friends need to piss us off or we need to piss them off. And it's okay to have a little conversation being like, that hurt me or that made me upset with another person without shit talking your friend, obviously. Just get it off your chest and reconfigure or reset. It's also okay to get pissed at your friends and confront them about it and have conversations. That's how we heal. That's how we have healthy relationships with each other. Like the idea that we would just be status quo with somebody at all times is not true of any other relationship we have except for like this imposed idea of what it looks like to have and be friends. And I just think we need to cut the BS. Like there is going to be tough times. You are going to ebb and flow just like any other relationship. And that's healthy and that's normal. I also think this is another thing. Your friends don't need to be like you don't need your friends to be all encompassing friends. Like you can have a friend who like she's super chill to go to Pilates with and you like to like have brunch with her, but going out with her just isn't your thing and you guys aren't compatible in that way. So she's a Pilates friend. And then you might have a friend who like is super fun to go out with, but when you're not kind of like drinking and going out and stuff, you kind of find that you don't really get along that well. Maybe that's not going to be your best friend or like the the closest friend you have, but I think it's okay to have different types of friends who apply to different areas or different things in life. It doesn't really make a ton of sense that your friends would all just like be your, like the, the equivalent value. Again, just something like the, the standard that we're pu putting on friendship that we don't put anywhere else, anywhere else. You can have work friends. You can have a friend that you go to class with, you know what I mean? Like you're allowed to have friends that are for different areas of your life or different types of things. Another huge thing that we run into is long distance friendship in post-grad because our friends move away. And when our friends move away, we get this freak out where it's like, we'll never be able to make this work. There's no shot. We're going to get this to work. How are we going to do this? Yada, 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 et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And we kind of have, we kind of like blow up in a way. Because we're like, this won't be able to work just like a long distance relationship doesn't work. You know, it needs to have an end, blah, blah, blah. That's not true. Long distance friendship can work absolutely fine. I've had plenty of long distance friends myself. And that's how I know that it can work out just fine. Veronica and I were long distance for five years. London to Michigan and London to New York. That's far as fuck. Allie and I have a long distance friendship. I have plenty of friends that live in California. It's all about communication. Communication, I, I'm not even gonna lie, if you take one thing away from this, it's communicate effectively. Everything can be remedied by good communication. Telling your friend like, hey, like it would be so great if we could FaceTime once a week. Do you have the bandwidth to do that? And if they say yes, awesome. Then you're FaceTiming once a week and you keep up with each other that way. Or 
I want to hear about your life. Can you voice memo me when you get a chance? You have to remember that we don't have unlimited time like we did in high school, college, middle school to dedicate to our friendships. But when you ask for that time from somebody who loves and cares for you and prioritizes you, they're going to find that time. So with long distance friendship, it's all about being able to communicate about your communication. Here's what's going to work for me. Here's what's not going to work for me. Can we talk out, you know, a, a way for us to properly and effectively keep our friendship alive. Plan the trips, no matter how far out they are. Have like a few trips a year plans that you know you're going to see each other. That's just like the best way to to, to maintain your, your friendship. And honestly, sometimes I've seen my long distance best friends more than I've seen my in-person best friends in New York because life is busy as adults and you're just not gonna have as much time for your friends as you once did. You also might get to a place post-grad where you're, in different life stages as your friends, whether they're long distance or not. And people get engaged or they get into relationships or they get married or they start having babies. Like things will change because people change and they go through different life phases. But different life phases or stages being the reason to end a friendship is in your control and up to you. You cannot blame losing a friend on, quote, different life stages because it is a choice to abandon that friend. I think we have this like kind of problem with relatability specifically where we act like and this like bothers me so much. We have to relate to somebody at their whole in order to relate to them at all or be friends with them. But that doesn't make sense because no lived experience looks like a other lived experience. And every single person is so different and so idiosyncratic. And every single relationship is so different that like it doesn't make any sense. And the world would be completely homogenous if you could only befriend people who you fully related to. And so I think you can relate to aspects of a person. And that's what makes for a good relationship. But saying like, oh, we're in different life stages is not a reason to end a relationship. If you only want to be friends with people in your current life stage, I mean, you do you girl, like that's not my prerogative, but enjoy. But I think like that's a choice. People are going to change and we have to let people change. Like I discussed earlier, like it doesn't have to irrevocably change your friendship though. You guys changing doesn't have to change the fact that you still want to maintain a friendship and you are going to shift and mold and grow your relationship as you both do, whatever that looks like to you. Things are going to change, but it doesn't have to irrevocably change your friendship to that person. It might change what your friendship looks like, but it doesn't have to change the fact that it exists. Okay, we're going to talk about friendship breakups slash cleaning house and setting boundaries. And then we're going to talk about being a good friend and it's going to be great. I think friendship breakups hurt so badly because the stakes are much higher in these female friendships that we've discussed earlier on in the episode. Like men come and go. To be honest, it's it's almost like dick is dick. I'm sorry. But like there are there are lesbians who don't need men. There are people in this world who don't like and I'm not trying to be a man hater like maybe I am. Maybe that's my right. But it's like there are there are women and non-men who date non-men and and they date women and they have women friends and then that's their life. Like men come and go, but like female friendship and non-male friendship is so important. It's 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 of number one importance and priority. And they hurt so badly because the stakes are fucking high. It is like a romantic breakup, but it is worse. But it is worse because you don't need that man. You could literally have a baby by yourself, 
like the, the lesbians they have babies like obviously they need sperm but like they get random sperm it's whatever but it's like you do need your female friends so when you lose certain female friends whether or not it's something that you wanted to happen or needed to happen or it was a good thing for your life it hurts and you have to let it hurt it is so frustrating to lose someone and know that you're the villain in their story if you don't feel like you're the villain in your own People have to make somebody else the villain because nobody is going to acknowledge the fact that they are the villain and nobody's going to center themselves as the villain in their own story. Sometimes you've got to just let yourself be the villain in their story and you have to let go because when somebody says, I'm going to go, sometimes you have to let them. It is so frustrating and I'm validating that. Sometimes I think that we keep friends around because of history or tradition or we want to avoid conflict or we make excuses for them or we think we did something wrong. And I just don't think that's necessary anymore. I really think that you have to go where you're wanted. You have to water what waters you. And if somebody's consistently making you feel badly or putting you down or just like not being a good friend and you know, based on the fact that you have other friends and the fact that you believe yourself to be a good friend, that you're a good friend, I think you can let those people go and you can clean house in that way. And you can set the boundary to say, this isn't working for me anymore. Growing apart is really natural. It's normal. I think about myself as 16 years old. I'm 25. That was nine years ago. I was an entirely different person. So it wouldn't make sense for me to have all the same friends because I'm an entirely different person. So if you met me at 16 and me at 25, you're meeting two different girls. So how would it make sense that I had the same friends? It's entirely unrealistic to believe that I would have the same exact group of people around me. And I don't. I think we have to get more comfortable with that reality. And we also have to get comfortable with standing up for ourselves when we're not being treated well by somebody. There are also going to be times when somebody else instigates the breakup and maybe they're threatened by you. Maybe they can't stand to watch you be happy. That is heartbreaking. I have been in situations like that where it's been instigated and I didn't want it to happen and I had to let people go. And I, my number one piece of advice is you have to grieve it like you grieve a romantic breakup and understand how much that hurts and understand the perspective it gives you about how much you appreciate the people that do choose you. And also therapy has really helped me. And I know that that's something I always say, but I just want to reiterate it. There are a million reasons why something could end. Your friend could get a boyfriend and she could just completely stop, you know, giving to the girls. You guys could be in quote different life stages and that person could choose to abandon you because you're not in the same life stage as them. You know, you could get in an argument, you could have a misunderstanding or they could change. It is so difficult to not for it to be an invisible thing, to not be able to be like, oh, this is the reason why we're going to have this breakup. I, I'm not even kidding you when I say I think about it every day, but sometimes you just have to let people go and there's going to be grief and it's going to be terrible and it's going to hurt, but you're going to get to the other side and you're going to prioritize the people who do love you and do give you love and support in your in your own life on a day to day. But what about when you just think your friends are always mad at you and it's sabotaging your own relationships when they're not? I mean, my number one thing is therapy, but you have to ask yourself, why do you think that? And if you can't pull a tangible reason, if it's not like, well, I think they're mad at me because I did this thing and like, I feel like it was mean. If you actually can't think of a tangible reason why they're mad at you, mature adult people are going to tell you when they're mad at you. Somebody who is mad at you, is not going to hang out with you, not going to include you in plans, not going to chat with you in the group chat, is not going to choose to spend time with you, is not on a daily basis going to enjoy to connect with you. And the people who love you are going to tell you when, when there's something big enough that happens between you two that's affecting them. So your friends aren't mad at you. 
Why are you making the worst case scenario up in your brain when you're equally capable of making up the best case scenario in your brain? I'll leave you with that. What about jealousy threatening a friendship? That exists as well. That's something I've encountered in my life on both ends of the spectrum. I think, and I've talked about this before, but recognizing jealousy as a neutral emotion, void of bad or good. Jealousy doesn't make us feel good, and I don't think it's a good emotion. But at the same time, when we villainize jealousy, we then start resenting ourselves and feeling guilty for feeling jealous, when feeling jealous is just like a human response. And I think you have to look at jealousy less so as like, oh, why them and not me? And more so as, what does this tell me about what I want? What does my own jealousy tell me about what I want? And that will free you from placing this resentment onto your friend that has the thing that you want and instead reroute that energy to you going out and getting what you want that your friend might have. On the other end of the spectrum, you can't necessarily tell people like this is how to manage your jealousy if you're jealous of me when you're having it dealing with a jealous friend. But like don't dull your sparkle so that somebody else can shine brighter. Don't make decisions so that other people will feel better about themselves, but you then feel worse about yourself. There is a way to celebrate yourself and your worth and also take into consideration that your friends might be going through something or have something or have less or might be jealous. And I think we just have to give our friends grace. I mean, if, if it's I think with all of this, I'm big team, give people grace. But with all of this, if it gets to a point where you can't handle it anymore, then you set your boundary, then you end the friendship, then you walk away, then you become the one to walk away. And I think you have to understand what is my threshold for that? What is my tolerance for that? Do I want to see if this person grows and changes in this next season of life or am I ready to let this go? Let's talk about being a good friend. I wanted to start by asking what is a good romantic partner because I think so many of us have such a guttural reaction and answer to that. Honesty, communication, love, support, checking in on them, being there when they need it, being selfless, setting boundaries, respecting boundaries, and trust, 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 trust. The ability to communicate and say, hey, this hurt or bothered me. That is what you would say is a good romantic partner. So what is a good friend? Is it not all of those things as well? Is it not the same exact thing except for you're not doing anything sexual and you can have more than one, which is beautiful? like lovers and sweeties only. You can have so many friends. I want you to write it down a list of all the things that you would want out of your friends. And then I want you to be that person for them. Like, come on. What? Write down a list of all the things you would want out of your friends and be that person for them. One thing I think makes a really good friend is that when your friend is going through something or they're struggling or they're just having a tough moment, having the ability to say, what do you need from me right now? What can I do for you right now? How can I serve you right now? And letting them respond to that. Set yourself up for success in your friendships by communicating. Okay, but what about making new friends? What about being scared to put yourself out there? How do I make new friends? I'm so scared to put myself out there. What is the worst case scenario here? You try to make a new friend and maybe somebody doesn't have the bandwidth for new friends. They're not looking for new friends. They're too busy for new friends. That's their loss. You're going to find the right people. The universe is going to push you in the direction of the people that do have the bandwidth, that are excited about being your friend, that are going to serve you and serve your life. The worst case scenario is you try and you learn something about yourself. That's the worst case scenario. And that's not even that bad. The best case scenario is that you meet your best friend, which I feel like I'm meeting new people that could potentially become a best friend every single day. And I'm 25 and like, it's not too late. Like some people meet their best friends in their 30s or 40s. My mom's best friend she met in her 40s. It's like 
they're like putting yourself out there. The worst case scenario is maybe that person doesn't want to be your friend, but you learn something about yourself and maybe that's going to lead you down a path to meet somebody who does. And how do we make new friends? We're going to go in my Facebook group, add yourself to my group. Me, I have a Geneva chat, add yourself to my Facebook groups. All of it is linked in my bio. People make new friends like that every day online, Bumble BFF, meetup.com, join a club, join an organization. And if you have any other ideas, you can also drop them in the comments on this episode and I will take it into consideration and then relay more ideas that I have as well. What about if you feel like a loner, like you don't have any friends? Well, I want you to know that I felt like that before. I felt like there's been times in my life that I've had no friends or one friend. And I'm somebody that always puts themselves out there. So I'll just really recalibrate, recalibrate and I'll make that list things I'm looking for in friends and I'll go be that for other people that I think are cool. And I, and I say yes to life and I go where I'm wanted when I, when I'm somewhere and I'm looking for new friends and I'm feeling like, okay, I'm vibing. I'm enjoying this. I'm, I'm in, I'm having a moment. I, I go back there. I return to places where I feel wanted and it's okay to go through seasons of life. I just dropped my little audio thing. Um, it's okay to go through seasons of life where you don't feel like you have any friends or you feel like you have no friends. That's, that's okay. That's not forever. That's temporary. Friendships ebb and flow, come and go in different seasons of our life. You're going to find those people. You just have to be willing to go out and look for them and be open and ready for that love to come to you. Okay. I had like a million things happen during this episode and I had therapy during this episode, like halfway through, I like paused it, went to therapy. So I think we need a part two go to pot two as Michaela Nagira would say my queen um I don't know her anything I'm just a fan from afar so I think that that's all from me I'm feeling exhausted but I love you guys so much and I hope you enjoyed this episode I really put a lot into it and I'm feeling really proud of it and that's that's what I'm gonna leave you with if you liked it I always like affirmation is everything (laughs) to me so if you liked it please give me a shout. Or if you have any comments, questions, concerns, things to add, I would love that too. So I love you guys. I hope you have a stunning, beautiful, amazing, wonderful, gorgeous week. And I will see you next week. Um, I love you. Okay, that's it. Bye.